Welcome to A History of the Inca. Episode 46, Civil War. Hello everyone and welcome once again to A History of the Inca. I am your host, Nick Mashinsky. Just a quick reminder that you can support the show on Patreon, search for A History of the Inca on Patreon, and sign up for a tier that works best for you. Might I suggest the $1 level? You can get a shout out on the show, and all contributions go directly into the podcast. So that again is patreon.com slash Inca podcast. Now then. On our last episode, we discussed the fact that the presumptive heir, Ninan Kuyochi, had succumbed to disease, much like his father. With the first choice for the fringe dead, it was determined that there was a major problem. There was no clear second choice. However, there were options. Really, two options, Waskar and Atahualpa. Waskar of the Kapak Eyu, the Panaka of Tupac Inca Yupanqui, was stationed in Cuzco and was working on securing the support of the nobles there, who would eventually bestow the fringe onto him. Atahualpa of the Hatun Eyu, the Panaka of Pachacuti, was stationed in the Quito Tomebamba area, where the army of Wanakapak had remained. Atahualpa swore he was loyal to Huascar, but Huascar was like, okay, if you're so loyal, come on back to Cusco. Atahualpa was like, I'd love to, but I'm building palaces for you. Here are some gifts. To which Huascar responded, mm, no, I'm pretty upset that you didn't come down here with our dad's mummy. Oh, and I killed your messengers. Here's some makeup for you to wear since you're so scared to come and face me. Okay, I may be paraphrasing a little bit. The point is, is that tensions were high, extremely high. The generals from Wanakapak's army advised Atahualpa to rebel and to stake his claim to the fringe. At that point, Atahualpa decided that it was the right course of action. Whether Atahualpa felt like he had no choice due to Waskar's hostility the generals pressuring him to the point where he also felt he had no choice, or Atahualpa genuinely felt that he had the proper claim, we'll never know for certain. But what we do know is that civil war has broken out in the empire. Now this certainly wasn't the first rebellion or civil war in the history of the Inca Empire. However, it would turn out to be the most costly. Enjoy. Not long after the messengers and makeup were sent to Atahualpa, Huascar dispatched a general to visit the Canari, the group that inhabited the Tumibamba area. With the backing of Cusco, the Canari launched a strike directly on Atahualpa, and what forces he had at his immediate disposal. The Inca was then captured and imprisoned. Needless to say, 
there was a lot of rejoicing when the news was relayed to Cusco. But that rejoicing would be short-lived. With the help of a woman who was the only person allowed to see the Inca, Atahualpa was able to escape. This woman was able to slip Atahualpa a silver bar, which he then used to drill a hole into the wall of his cell. Atahualpa then headed north to Quito, where his father's army, now his army, was waiting. Standing before his, no doubt surprised, generals and soldiers, Atahualpa told him of his harrowing escape. The woman who gave him the bar to drill into the wall, his father Inti turning him into a serpent to slither through the hole he had drilled, and making his way north to them. Yep, exactly how it happened. Even the snake. The snake part aside, the important part is that Atahualpa did escape the grasp of Huascar. The conflict between the two brothers could have ended quite quickly, allowing Huascar to establish himself as the sole Sapa Inca and consolidate his rule. But it was not to be. Atahualpa raised his army and marched on Tumibamba. The veteran force Atahualpa had with him defeated the Canari and punished the local group by destroying the area. It is said that even the buildings and works of Tupac Inca Yupanqui were wrecked. Why would Atahualpa destroy buildings his own grandfather constructed? Well, again, Huascar was part of the Panaca of Tupac Inca Yupanqui, and these Panacas were political entities. They often bickered and quarreled with one another over power and wealth. By destroying the buildings of an enemy Panaca, Atahualpa was striking a blow to Tupac's Panaca, who was heavily backing Huascar, the matrilineal descendant of the long-dead Sapa Inca. Meanwhile, back in Cusco, Huascar was working on establishing his administration, and it was not going well. Early in the conflict with Atahualpa, Huascar had the support of the nobles within the city. Yet the Inca seemed to have squandered that support fairly quickly. Huascar did not secure the loyalty of his father's generals, the ones still hanging around Cusco, that is. But more importantly, he did not give the necessary attention to the other Panacas. He didn't attend the necessary feasts and usual ceremonies of reciprocity that were required to maintain favorable relations and their support. The Inca got rid of the normal guards from the Panacas and instead surrounded himself with foreigners, especially the Canari and Cachapoya, which offended many of the nobles. One of the most egregious things that Huascar proposed, though, was in regards to the estates of the ancestors. The Inca insisted that the former rulers held all the best lands for their estates, and that he was stuck with very little real estate to choose from. So what did Huascar want to do? Well, he threatened to confiscate the estates and even have the mummies burned. I'm sure you can imagine the reaction of the Panacas when they learned that their Sapa Inca wanted to take all of their land, and burn their ancestor. Yeah, they weren't thrilled to say the least. When Huascar found out that his idea of confiscating the estates was less than popular, he decided to divorce himself from the entire upper moiety of Cusco, 
preferring to belong to the Hurin, or lower moiety, because Atahualpa also belonged to the upper moiety. The lack of reciprocity, changing of the guards, the threat of confiscating land, and cutting ties with his own moiety, these were all new actions that had never been taken before. At least that we are aware of anyways. So why then take these clearly unpopular ideas and try to adopt them? Was Huascar that disconnected or unhinged? Possibly. I won't rule it out. But it could also be propaganda from the sources. Or an influence from a prophecy, one I mentioned in episode 29, the death of Pachacuti. And if you can't remember what that prophecy is, don't worry, I'll repeat it here. Upon his deathbed, Pachacuti said that after Tupac Inca's heir, there would be another Pachacuti, or overturning of the world. Perhaps both Huascar and Atahualpa wanted to live up to that prophecy. Prophecy or not, Huascar was no doubt burning bridges with those around him. In secret, Hatun Eyu, remember Pachacuti's Eyu, and supporter of Atahualpa, worked to attract followers and supposedly were able to turn a few of Huascar's generals to march to Tumebamba, where Atahualpa had just secured his victory over the Canari. Atak was the chosen general to lead Huascar's army and carry the Waka with him. Kuzi Yupanki, brother of Kuzimare, who was betrothed to Atahualpa, marched with Atak against Atahualpa at Huascar's insistence. Oko Koya, the Kanari Sinchi, who told Huascar about the building projects Atahualpa was undertaking, was also in the same army marching north. Meanwhile in Quito, Atahualpa was nursing some wounds he had sustained from a defeat at the hands of some local groups who inhabited the islands around Tumbes. He approached two generals to lead his campaign against Huascar, Chalcochima and Kizkiz. Word reached the court that Huascar's army was approaching, so an envoy was dispatched to see what Atok's intentions were, and those intentions were made very clear. War. The armies met on a plain near Tumibamba, and the forces of Chalcochima and Kizkiz were defeated and were forced to retreat. However, with some reinforcements from Quito, they were able to regroup. A second battle occurred, this time going the way of Atahualpa's forces. Okokoya was killed in battle while Atok was captured, which forces the rest of the army to rout. The captured Atok is later executed, while his co-general, Kuzi Yupanki, is given the opportunity to switch sides, which he readily does. Kuzi Yupanki was never really loyal to Waskar, and his sister was going to be the primary Koya to Atahualpa. It would have been silly not to fight for his future brother-in-law. And speaking of Atahualpa and Kushirame, the two were married at Tumebamba not long after the battle. 
it should be noted that the marriage was largely symbolic. At this time, Kashirame was between 10 and 14 years old. However, despite her age, by marrying Atawalpa, the young princess, Nakoya, became quite powerful. Upon hearing the news of Atok's defeat, Waskar was horrified. He likely figured that, given the resources at his disposal, victory would have been inevitable. His advisors implored him to raise a new army from amongst the Koyas, Kanas, Chanchis, and Charkas. The Inca makes additional sacrifices to the Wakas and Oracles in and around Cuzco, seeking their favor and that of other various deities. Wanka Ayuki is selected as the new general along with Awampanti. Wanka Ayuki was a brother of both Waskar and Atahualpa, but felt more loyalty towards his brother in Cuzco, and so marched north to meet Atahualpa's army. At this time, marching south on the Capacnan were Atahualpa and his generals. At this point in the conflict, there was no way of Atahualpa and Waskar coexisting. One would have to destroy the other so that one may don the fringe. So Atahualpa ordered the army to march towards Cuzco. As you can guess, the two armies met, this time at Caxabamba, currently Cochabamba. It was another defeat for Huascar's forces. Retreated what was left of his army to Cajamarca, where, much to his relief, he received reinforcements from Cuzco. But those reinforcements wouldn't matter. Huanca Ayuki would continue to lose battle after battle. Cochiguilla, Pampu, and Shasha. Huanca Ayuki and his army were defeated at each one. There are accounts that claim Huanca Ayuki cut a deal with Atahualpa and his generals after Kashabamba. Rostwarowski claims that it was the only explanation for him losing so many battles despite the consistent, despite constant refreshing of troops from Cusco. However, a representative from Waskar later arrived and reprimanded Wankayuki, whose pride was hurt. So the disheartened general sent gifts to Pachacamac to try to seek favor with the Waka. The famous Waka said that the general would be victorious at Vilcas. But he wasn't. It appeared that the experienced army and leadership of Chocolchima and Kizkiz were too much, and Huascar's far less experienced army was defeated once again. Wanka Ayuki retreated to Andahuelas and suffered yet another defeat, but the crushing blow was delivered at Kurawasi, where Wanka Ayuki was defeated for the final time as leader of Waskar's forces. The general retreated whatever forces he had left to Cusco. Chalcochima and Kiskis were now just 50 miles away as the condor flies, and now had a direct path to the capital. It is critical to note that at this juncture, Atahualpa was not with his army, or generals. The Inca had stayed at Cajamarca, Atahualpa preferred to do this because, should his armies get crushed, he would still have a way to escape north to Quito, 
This may seem a bit cowardly, but let us remember that though Atahualpa had the superior army in terms of quality, it paled in comparison to the sheer quantity of what Huascar could call upon, at least initially. Those resources that Huascar enjoyed early in the conflict were getting all the more scarce. And though he was away from the front lines, that doesn't mean Atahualpa didn't get his hands a bit bloody. When he was still marching with his army towards Cajamarca, Atahualpa had sent a chasqui with a message to consult the oracle at Catequil to determine his fortune. However, the oracle prophesied that Atahualpa would have, quote, an unfortunate end. Needless to say, Atahualpa did not like that answer, so he went to the oracle himself and demanded to see it. Soon, an old man came out and approached Atahualpa, identifying himself as the oracle. Atahualpa grasped his mace and struck the old man in the head, killing him with a single blow. The temple of the oracle was then raised to the ground. Of course, after this event, we see the string of victories of Chalcochima and Kiskis. Clearly, the oracle was wrong. Atahualpa was winning the war, and soon would have Waskar in his grasp. As for Waskar, the Inca had continually increased the sacrifices to the Wakas and Oracles in Cuzco, but all outcomes were unfavorable for him. His army had been continually defeated time after time. Chocolchima and Kizkis only had to cross the mighty Apurimac River and continue eastwards on the Kapaknan to reach Cuzco. Due to the extreme circumstances, Huascar decides that he must take control of the remainder of his army and hope that his presence on the battlefield can inspire the 30,000 men he has at his side. His spies informed him that Atahualpa's generals had decided to avoid crossing the Aparamak and were headed south towards Cotabamba to cross there. It appears that Chalcochima and Kiskis either thought that the closer crossing was too narrow for their forces or that it would be too well defended. Huascar decides to divide his army into three and head south to meet the enemy at Cotabamba. His bodyguard of Canari, Cachapoya, and members of Hurin Cusco surround him. Continuing to be given information from his scouts and spies, Huascar learns of Chalcochima's movements and discovers that the general is heading into a ravine at Pampa. The first army is sent forward to engage Chalcochima's forces, but the captain of the first army falls during the battle, but instead of routing, the rest of Huascar's forces enter the fray. It is a bloody battle and as night begins to fall, it proves to be indecisive. Chocolchima and Kiskis pull their forces back to a nearby hill with some tall grass. Seeing this, Waskar orders the grass to be set ablaze. The wind carries the fire, spreading it rapidly, catching many within Atahualpa's army. Frantic, the generals retreat most of their forces across the Cotabamba River. Notably, Huascar does not press his advantage. Instead, he assesses the status of his own army, 
allowing Atahualpa's forces to regroup for the night. The very next day, Chacochima's spies reveal that Huascar intends to split his army up once more to strike from multiple sides. Huascar intends to send Topa Ato, a brother and general, into the ravine where Chacochima and his forces were, to scout and to see where the enemy was. With this information, the general split his own forces and lined the ravine on both sides in secret. Topaato and his men entered the ravine and went further and further into it. When the entire force was in the ravine, the trap was sprung. Chocochima's forces closed in from both sides and decimated the scouting forces. Impatient, Huascar leaves his third army at Huanuco Pampa and advances into the ravine without hearing from Topaato only taking 5,000 men with him. Again, Chacochima learns of Huascar's movements and tells Kiskis to prepare his forces. Being carried upon his litter, Huascar enters the ravine. He soon discovers the remnants of Topaato's forces and realizes he's fallen into a trap. Quickly, the Inca and his men try to retrace their steps but finds that Kiskis has cut him off. Huascar's litter bears dash away with him still on top, trying to find an escape route. But Chacochima himself finds the Inca and knocks him off the litter, taking him prisoner. With their leader captured, the remainder of Huascar's forces that he took with him surrendered. Now there is only one army left, the army Huascar had left at Huanuco Pampa. Huascar had only taken 5,000 men with him, and the scouting army before likely wasn't that large either, so there was still a significant force standing between Atahualpa's army and Cusco. But Chacochima hatches a plan. The general enters Huascar's litter, lowers the curtains around him, and orders his men to march to Huanuco Pampa. The army marches as if it was Huascar's victorious army, pounding drums and blowing trumpets. They stop not too far from the third army of Huascar and release a prisoner to them as a messenger. The messenger then relays what happened in the ravine and that the army in front of them was not Huascar's, but Atahualpa's. Thoroughly confused, Huascar's last army is thrown into complete chaos when the curtains of the litter are pulled back and reveal Chalcochima instead of their Sapa Inca. The scattered remnants of the Third Army are pursued to the Cotabamba Bridge, with many dying trying to cross the river. Chalcochima's men reach the opposite bank and defeat the remaining forces that attempt to stand and fight. And with that, Huascar's army and Huascar himself are completely defeated. Chacochima and Kiskis did not immediately enter Cusco, but instead decided to make camp just outside of the capital, with Huascar under heavy guard. As they camped there, they could hear the cries of those in Cusco, most likely her in Cusco, the Moati Huascar had switched to. The general sent a message with orders that the nobles must come and venerate the Waka that stood for Atahualpa 
Tixi Kapak, which carried the same authority as if the Inca himself was present. The next day, the nobles of the city traveled to the camp and did as they were instructed. At the same time, Chaskis were sent to Cajamarca to inform Atahualpa of the victory and Huascar's capture. Without a doubt, Atahualpa relished the victory and the thought of Huascar in his cell. But Dinka was not satisfied with stopping there. No, a great many of the nobles had sided with Huascar and would challenge his own rule if they were left alone. He could not afford to have those supporters of his enemy simply move on without punishment. And so Kuzi Yupanqui, one-time general for Waskar and now brother-in-law of Atahualpa, returned to Cusco with orders to dole out punishment on behalf of Atahualpa. If Huanca Ayuki ever made a deal with Atahualpa or the latter's generals, it was officially over as he and the priests who oversaw the ceremonial fasting of Waskar were captured. We are never told of their specific fates, but we can only assume that they were executed. Next, any Canari or Cachapoyas that had made up Waskar's guard were killed. Further revenge on the Canari who had captured Atahualpa at the beginning of the war. The most gruesome punishments were reserved for Waskar's kin. The men were whipped before having their heads bashed in with a mace. Women and children were hung from poles and left to strangle to death. Batanzos details some more graphic punishments, but I'll leave that to you to explore if you so choose. Though some escaped according to Gamboa, some 80 sons and daughters of Waskar were murdered in front of him as he watched helplessly. Finally, the Kapak Panaka had to be dealt with. Since Waskar belonged to that AU and had its full support through the entire length of the war, the punishment was severe. Remember, Tupac Inca Yupanqui was the founder of that Panaka, and so his mummy was taken out and burned. Except for whatever members had fled, the Kapak Panaka was essentially gone. Now, there were always rebellions, coups, and even civil wars throughout the existence of the Inca to this point. But we have the most detail on this conflict. And this conflict was different than all those that had come before. It was different in scale and destruction with fighting taking place from Quito to Cusco, and troops being sent into battle from all four quarters of the empire. This conflict took place over years and decimated the landscape. All the while, influenza, measles, smallpox, and other diseases were claiming lives on both sides of the conflict, as well as those who were leagues away from battle. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands were dead. In the end, the resources of the empire could not stave off the veteran army of Wanakapak, now under the control of Atahualpa and his generals. 
Lascar did himself no favors in punishing the various Panakas of Cusco in his time with the Fringe. It was a decision that isolated him and helped to seal his fate. Out of the Civil War, Atahualpa was the victor, if such a title can be placed on someone after so much had been lost. Atahualpa was not near Cusco at this time. He was still further north at Huamachuco. No doubt, Atahualpa wanted to be on his way to Cusco to enter triumphantly and begin his rule, but he would never reach the capital. Instead, he returned to Cajamarca. You see, Atahualpa had heard of some mysterious people who had come into the empire, and he was interested in meeting them. (laughs) 